Warning, what you are about to hear are the thoughts of four ordinary dudes with no agenda and absolutely no filter. Please, do not attempt any of this at home, and try not to get butt hurt. Welcome to the Dude to Dude Podcast. Hey dudes, it's Jimmy. What's up, it's John. Hey guys, it's Billy, and uh, welcome to the Dude to Dude Podcast. Uh, This week, we have uh, a main guest. Uh, Alex, if you can go ahead and introduce yourself, man. Yeah, indeed. By birth, my name is Alex. I'm going to make a point of um, saying that because if people go searching on the internet after, whether it be to find out more or to just try and find out if anything I've talked about is bullshit or real, it'll be a damn sight easier for them if they use my stage name, which is Jonathan Royal, which is R-O-Y-L-E. Just because that sounds a damn sight better when I'm getting introduced on stage than Alex Smith. The compare goes. Please welcome Alex Smith. It's a bit flat, a bit boring. Whereas when it's, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Jonathan Royal. It, it yeah, it grabs, it grabs attention. Yeah, I like it. It's a good stage. So, I mean, that, that that's that's why there is a stage now because some people go, what? Why do you have to hide behind a fake name? Uh, well, it's no hiding because um, all my websites clearly say I was born Alex William Smith, but showbiz it just it sounds better as for what i am who i am so to speak um i'm just me uh trying to as i suppose all of us are to live my best life as it were uh but that in terms of paying the bills which we've all got to do um is largely centered around all things to do with the mind so i am a clinically trained and qualified hypnotherapist so i help people overcome habits addictions fears phobias all that kind of stuff anything you can think of from a through to z if it's got any involvement of the mind uh causing it or making it worse then it can be helped to a greater or lesser degree it's not a miracle cure but it can help to a greater or lesser degree on the other side of things i do stage hypnosis which is exactly the kind of making people be idiots, basically. <laughs> uh, we do that anyways. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, that's why I always say hypnosis is a natural thing. It just gives people an excuse to let their hair down and make a complete arsehole of themselves. Um, <laughs> I like it. Okay. Without, I have trouble doing but that. Without any, yeah, but with no kickback, no, no negativity, because afterwards, when they go back to the audience after a stage hypnotist show, they can turn around and go, one of two things. They either go, I can't remember what's gone on while I've been up there doing these silly things, and they're asking the friends to tell them. Uh, and the kind of cover story is that, well, I can't remember, and the hypnotist made me do it, so there's no blame to them. <laughs> or they do kind of remember, and they go, well, I can remember, but I just couldn't stop myself from doing it, which again means it's all the hypnotist's fault. There's no self-blame, shame, guilt, or regret on that, so it's a perfect environment. For yep. them to, without the need for a lot of, uh, you know, drug of choice, whether that's more injected pill pops or um, too much alcohol, they don't need any of that to get to the point where they can just let their hair down and not be bothered what they do, because at the end of the day, they can blame the hypnotist for having 
hypnotized them and made them do shit. This guy hijacked my brain, man. <laughs> and yeah, and that's where a lot of the misconceptions come from because it does give them the perfect excuse. And as a hypnotist, you know, generally speaking, well, certainly a stage hypnotist isn't going to turn around and completely dismiss that illusion because it makes their job easier if people volunteer and want that excuse to be the center of attention after 15 minutes of fame, you know? Yeah. I, I guess I, I've never really looked at it like that. Um, you know, I've, I've seen hypnotism done when I was a kid at like the run fair. So stage hypnotism, as you said. Uh, and I just, I remember being like, uh, I don't know if these people actually were hypnotized or if they just did it. You know what I if mean? It, if it's an act, yeah. Well, it's, it, it depends what your definition of hypnosis is. If you think it's like sleep and that you're in some zombie mind control state of mind where you're an autonomous and whatever I or the hypnotist or whoever it may be tells you to do, you do unquestionably, um, then no. In an entertainment context, it, 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 it just... It isn't like that. You have got a higher degree of control. However, I'm not sitting here and saying that that kind of state isn't possible. It most certainly is. It is possible to get people to do things against their moral codes and values, against their will, without their knowledge. And in fact, the you know the American government after the war funded a whole project called MK Ultra, mm-hmm. Mind Control CIA. Ultra. Yep. Um, which, after they smuggled Joseph Mengel and some other Nazis into America after the war, they were involved in this MK Ultra and various other MK prefix projects. And one of the things they studied was what was labelled trauma-based mind control. But within that was the idea of creating mind-controlled assassins, um, mind-controlled um, spies who could be given information and hypnotically, psychologically, kind of ending up compartmentalised in their brain so they weren't consciously aware so that if they were tortured or caught, they couldn't possibly give up the information because they didn't even know consciously that they knew it. It would need to be the person at the other end that they were delivering it to that knew the code or the process to unlock that psychological filing cabinet in the mind for them to be able to release it, torture itself wouldn't do it. So these things, it's not science, it's not just science fiction like you see in films. I go completely against the majority of hypnotherapists out there who say you can't make people do things against the will. You bloody well can, otherwise governments wouldn't have spent millions and millions and millions of dollars uh, researching stuff, you know? That, Fair enough. Completely right. agree on that. Um, so we're we're big conspiracy buffs, uh, you know, on and off the podcast. Uh, just it's entertaining. So MK Ultra is right up our alley, uh, and it actually you got me thinking. Um, there's a book. I forget who wrote it, and I forget the name of the book. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's uh, it's about Marilyn Dang. Manson and how uh, he was. You might have been involved in MK Ultra, uh, and how. Oh, um, it could it could have been the one that my. Uh... A good friend of mine. In fact, keep recording. Just stay there 20 seconds. Gotcha. Take recording. your time, man. It's all right. I'll, I'll relight my uh, my own mind control here. <laughs> <laughs> you got to wait. 
I do, but there you, go. you already got that. Thank you. If this if this isn't the exact book that you were talking about, it's on the same subject, and most definitely it, it is one of the better ones on that area. It, it, it's a re-examination of the Manson murders, motives and myths. Um, that's the subtitle. The actual titles now is the only thing that's real. No, by but... my good friend Neil Sanders, whose website is Neil Sanders. That's S A N D E R S mindcontrol.com. Um, and it does indeed cover in here links to MK Ultra and whatnot, like like you mentioned. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. That that was not the one I was speaking of, but that is right up my alley and well, probably going to be a purchase. I thoroughly recommend it and, and checking out Neil Sanders'mindcontrol.com because he goes in, uh, as well as having this excellent book, he's got a couple of others on. MK Ultra style mind control, and he's got a whole blog online that's free that's about um, Cambridge Analytica, which um, Netflix did the um, documentary on and how they were harvesting people's private data from Facebook and all that. Oh, okay. Oh, uh, yeah. Yep, yep. It took me a second. Um, but yeah. Now well, he's exactly gone massively into that. But also, he's gone massively into the myths and truths. And a lot of people will be surprised by, by it in the conspiracy world. But a lot of the things that conspiracy or truthers have been posting saying um, it's true, he's actually proven isn't true. Okay. And vice versa. <laughs> uh, for example, you know, there's people out there saying that. COVID was never um, actually proven to be a definitive existing virus in a lab. Okay. Well, that's, that's bullshit and the yeah. proof's on Neil Sanders' mind control. Um, so, yeah. He, he, yeah. Neil, awesome. It's not the book you're on about, but yes, definitely MKUltra was involved with the... Uh, and just, just, for my, the just for my own brain, what was the name of that again? This is the only thing that is real. Now is the only thing oh, that's real. Okay, awesome. Thank you so By much. Neil Sanders. Uh, yeah, cracking book. Recommend it. And as you correctly stated, MK Ultra stuff is in the periphery. Can't say the word on the outskirts <laughs> of all of it. Yeah. Don't worry, we, we we can't either, man. That's why we weren't correcting you. <laughs> Paraffin. <laughs> Peripheral. Right. Yeah, that, that's that's the one. the one he's got it. <laughs> yeah, that's it. On the edges, on the edges. That's well, it. Yeah. It's because he can see on the edges. Don't fringe. <laughs> fringe. We'll say fringe. There you go. Yeah, that works. That works. I can say that. Fringe. Yeah, it's on the fringe. Um, so yeah, you know, the fact that they spent money on the research and those things, and they still do to the this day. You know, MK Ultra was shut years ago. Uh, and they stopped looking into those things. Apparently, they would have the mass populace believe. But it doesn't take much digging to discover that. Um, I'm not sure what it's called in America now, but but it does interlink if people go searching for this. That after MK Ultra, or actually during MK Ultra being done by the CIA in America, um, some of the studies were done over in England, running in parallel, a thing called the Tavistock hospital yep now that later got renamed and rebranded as the Tavistock institute of human relations which if you go and look on their website anyone can find it this is not a conspiracy theory they openly admit although they try and 
say it in nice language that <laughs> makes it sound all innocent, that they study communications <laughs> and influence emotional and psychological persuasion techniques, apparently for companies and advertising and government campaigns. But um, actually, when you realise that their roots are in the Tavistock Hospital and uh, MK Ultra, and you realise they're in the exact same building, their office is in the exact same building on a back street in London as the British Psychological Society. The British Psychological Society, where you get psychiatrists, for example, prescribing drugs unnecessarily just because it makes money and they get backhanders and whatnot. Oh, yeah. Uh, because this magical book exists called DSM-5, the Diagnostic Statistical Manual of Mental Illness and Disease, which in itself, if you go digging, is bollocks because people, a committee just sit there on board on normal human behaviour traits and say, well, if you've got that, that means you've got this mental illness and we can prescribe them this drug. And that becomes clear if you get a copy of DSM-5 related to the previous copy, DSM-4, various things get relabeled and renamed in the interest of selling more profitable drugs because the other drug that was being given out, uh, its patent has come to an end. Yeah, that's what I was just going to say that. Yeah. yeah, so they... they, they alter it just enough to make it something new yep well, uh, yeah go ahead dude. the book he's talking about too as far as like describing a normal human condition as a um as a symptom of some sort of mental condition is a perfect excuse for big pharma to push their their drugs you notice how an increase of an insane amount of people now have adhd oh yeah man and it, no it's because people like the project hop simple as that now everybody's Attention being labeled deficit hyperactivity right. disorder. Everybody's yeah. being labeled ADHD because they they're trying to be a productive member of society, but are tra traumatized by all kinds of bullshit. I, we're fed. I don't I don't know about you guys over there, but here in America, we're we're going through a uh, a shortage of medication for uh, ADD and ADHD. Um, so what is it, Adderall or Ritalin? One of Adderall's one of the big ones. going, yeah. Adderall's one that's getting short on. Um, so I mean, it's it's to the point where enough people are now being prescribed it that there's a shortage on it, and it's it's pretty wild. Um, it, it's bonkers. Prior prior to ADHD, it was depression was the big biggest sort. Of mm -hmm. yeah, depression is still a big thing too. Yep. Depression yeah. is still one of the big ones. And I'm not saying that there are not some people out there who benefit to some degree through medication. It would be very flippant of me yeah, to say that we, because we I'm right, a medical GP. Right. However, one thing I will relate to, especially in terms of depression, is it's been completely, this whole serotonin imbalance in the brain thing has been completely disproven as, uh, as, as not true. Um, and there is an excellent book called The Emperor's New Drugs by a guy who also um, studied and is experienced in hypnosis called Dr. Irving Kirsch, who um, he did a, a meta-analysis of all the studies he could find on um, all the placebo-controlled double-blind and triple-blind studies that have been done on depression drugs. And he did a meta-analysis on them all. And as his book lays out and concludes, ultimately the placebo effect, i.e. something with no chemical substance in whatsoever, was equally 
as effective <laughs> and in many cases more effective wow. than the chemical drugs. No, that's but they've actually fudged a lot of the studies <clears throat> um, because there's tricks they can use to make statistics lie. Well, to get things, yeah. First and for, first and foremost, they can do ten studies, and if nine of the studies disagree with what they're trying to prove, they only have to use the one study that agreed with them. And they hammer on that reference yeah. of that one study, and then the other nine just go away. Uh, yeah, we're right on the same same alley as you for that one. Uh, now, I, so you as a, a hypnosis, uh, where where do you? I mean, you obviously stand in, on the line of people can be manipulated uh what do you what do you think or why do you think people can be manipulated in that way uh what about the human brain you know it makes it so moldable and pliable malleable yeah well it's because it's a conditioned response um obviously i will answer that question in a minute yeah yeah take your time um in 2019 just before the world went completely batshit crazy I made a documentary with a company called Brick in the Wall um, Productions here in England, a documentary called Extreme Danger, Extreme Hypnosis, subtitled It's Time for the Sleepwalking Zombies to Wake Up. One hour, 52 minute long documentary covering uh, how we are from birth, from cradle to the grave, how we are brainwashed and emotionally and psychologically influenced and um, persuaded and steered in certain directions by the powerful elites through education, politics, the mass media, social media. In fact, every area oh, of life. Man. Dude, do you want to be a permanent host on right. the podcast? I, I could not <laughs> agree with you anymore. Like Rockefeller started Standard Oil and the standard education system here in America. That's why we're all educated to be little worker bees. We're not educated to be leaders. We're educated to be subservient it's an indo- indoct- Exactly. Indoctrination <laughs> system. What you're really taught is if you get a question wrong or you don't repeat the information, the perceived authority figure has uh, told you that you've got to remember it without question, that then, you know, you get a red cross and it's wrong and you must try better and all this kind of bollocks. Whereas when you remember what the perceived authority figures told you, regurgitate it, repeat it in your own words, but essentially what the authority figure has said, then you pass this exam and get a piece of paper in a kind of Wizard of Oz, well done kind of way, uh, and are made to feel good. Well done, that's the correct thing to do. And that happens from an early age, you know, um, mm-hmm. even in nurseries it starts. Thought so you go from nursery to school, primary school in England, to secondary school or high school, college and university and by the time you get out there what you've been indoctrinated and brainwashed to do is to unquestionably obey the authority figure even if you don't like them and to not question it so that you just accept it without question whatever they tell you and repeat and regurgitate it and do as they say but yeah it's all it's all set up that way and that's one of the things we cover in the documentary now obviously in one hour 52 minutes we couldn't go into major depth about each of the areas. Right. So we also made a web series um, that's about a dozen episodes of where in one we go into education for like 20 minutes. In one we go into the mass media for 20 minutes so that we expand more on those subjects. Now, originally they were on sale. 
but don't really, this is not a sales pitch. They were on sale through Vimeo On Demand and Amazon Prime uh, to rent or buy, and we had DVDs out on that. And then oh, early cool. 2020, the world went mad. And, you know, the world kind of closed down with lockdown and all this, and I spoke to Richard Willett, the um, director and producer of Breaking the Wall Films, and between us we agreed, you know what, if ever people needed to start to realise that things are not necessarily as the powerful elites would want them to believe and that they really shouldn't believe what they read in the mainstream media without independently researching it, now is that time. And so we took it off sale from Vimeo. We took it off sale from Amazon Prime and we put it on our YouTube channels. So you oh, can find awesome. Richard Willits in the wall or just find mine, Celebrity Hypnotist, on YouTube. And click on playlists, and on the playlist section, there's one called Extreme Danger, Extreme Hypnosis, which has got the documentary in, and it's got the entire web series and other relevant stuff covering awesome. all those areas, showing where they're happening around, and also how to kind of not fully protect yourself from it, because even I, as a hypnotist, still being aware of how these things work and fall prey to suggestion and influence techniques, but when you're aware of them, and most of the time you go, hang on, I'll question that before I act on it, that generally helps you be somewhat safer. Oh, yeah, definitely. definitely. Well, you yeah. start to wake up and realize. What's that movie? Uh, was it Taxi Driver, where he'd put on the sunglasses and all the ad signs? Uh, I don't remember, but no, I, I, I know what you're, the one you're referring to. He puts a glass. Oh, where he starts on, telling the truth. Starts, you can yeah. see them, and it's like, yeah, yeah. It's it starts you what the becoming lies obvious time. what's going on. And, and that's kind of what it is. Once you, once you have, uh, you know, an idea that this is being done to you on a daily basis, you can you can open your mind to seeing it a little bit more. Often. I got you one better, Bill. Have has anybody, anybody here seen the video floating around on the internet of how the mass media here in America is scripted to a T and they go through and they show like how one station says one thing, then another station, then another station, and they're saying verbatim the same script and then it blows up and by the end of the video you're watching 50 or so media all, all, local all media. saying yeah. the same well, exact that's thing. Large, that's largely true. <clears throat> However, what they don't mention in the interest of fairness is that there are some media that don't follow the same script, although they do follow a script, right? right. What I mean by that is that particular video is showing media organisations that at first sight appear unconnected, but actually they're all owned by the same company. Y yeah. The same parent company. At the top and of the tree. Yeah. So we actually well, then, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, and I, I brought that point yeah. up. Is They were all owned by... Uh, was it WNBC? It was one of the big ones, uh, and I'm not going to say it because I don't know it, but it was owned by one of the big companies all around, and it was all local news channels owned by that company. But the same point kind of stands is that all of these people across... Oh, yeah, the they control the narratives so on the local yeah, level. Exactly. Yeah, agreed. Well, even on the bigger level, because uh, I wasn't going <laughs> to disagree with you. I agree with you. I just wanted to point out the fact that there's actually there's about... Five. Well, yeah, no, thank you for pointing People in the world, one of whom is a guy called Rupert Murdoch, who um, God, people have heard of because there's legal cases going on in America regarding uh, Rupert Murdoch there, and yeah. um, Fox and 
this, that, the other. Um, one he lost recently, I believe. But there's like five people like Murdoch, and between them, they own pretty much 95, 96% of the entire world media. Right. Whether that's print, newspapers and magazines, radio stations, TV companies or whatever. Um, and they do, ultimately, they kind of, they're the front pieces for more powerful people behind them who tell them what to right. push out there, how to steer the general public. Yep. There's a reason why in England, for example, uh, Rupert Murdoch, papers have backed every winning prime minister in decades um i didn't know that not that they were lucky it's because the narratives they were pushing out through the newspapers and magazines influenced the mass populace into voting the direction yeah that makes so much sense that, that newspaper wanted and what that newspaper wanted is ultimately what more powerful people behind yep. wanted um so, yeah, these are the things people, one of the key things people should turn off, well, don't turn off your TVs. I'm not saying throw your tellies out. There's some good stuff on there, but take control. The, in the day and age we're living now where you can just record stuff, so that A, you can fast forward through the adverts, you don't have to listen to the commercial shit, but B, then you can watch programs you've chosen to watch in order and not be confronted oh, definitely. with stuff you haven't chosen i forget news programs seek out your news yourself news generally speaking especially when it's shown on the television television um is there to instill fear false evidence against reality false evidence appearing real into the mass populace so that they'll kind of go oh fuck everything i'm wrong people rather than easy to control well, exactly I Luckily, at the yeah. same time nowadays, though, is that, you know, we're, we're able to have these conversations, too, and, and people are able to find these conversations. And, you know, yeah, and there's more and more independent um, citizen uh, journalism. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't um, call us independent journalists. We're a couple of stoners in the basement. <laughs> but we're waking up to the facts, though. That's the thing. See, is a lot of things I've noticed myself is going along the same effect, uh, lines as what he was saying is how there's only five guys that own 95 percent of the media. You start to look at other companies, and I've started seeing these little infographs where you've got food companies and car companies and all that start falling under the same corporate tree, and then everything goes all back up to everybody's been all on this. All people need to Google is BlackRock Black Rock and Vanguard. the world. BlackRock and Vanguard, exactly. Yep. Between them, and it's quite incestuous. <laughs> Van Vanguard... Uh, these are investment finance companies on a massive scale. Vanguard will actually own shares in things that BlackRock run, and BlackRock will own shares Vice in things person, they yeah. run. And then they'll... And but between the two the companies, they own the I world. Mean, yeah, between the two, much, they own the world. Oil, yeah. Which is a yeah. scary thought. All right. But then you have to look who are the shareholders in these. Like... Who are BlackRock managing things for? No, I was. Yes, I was you've got your Bill Gates, you've got your Jeff Bezos, you've got your um, Elon Musk, you've got these really rich people who buy their shares in things through BlackRock and Vanguard. Right. So the, the, there is a, you know, 95% of the world's wealth is owned and controlled by 5% uh, uh population. This powerful elite. Yeah. yeah. And it's uh, uh, and, and the really rich people are people you've never heard of people yep. far richer than your elon musk's your your um 
your, your Jeff Bezos, your Bill Gates, far richer than that. People that are in the chat, even people who are probably even richer than more powerful than them. See, that's what I keep uh, trying to tell people them. Who are, well, no, yeah, I know that now because they've been people on that are just in the shadows. Yeah, mm-hmm. if the if they're out in the open and people know about them at this point, I I firmly believe that yes, there's even people who yeah, like you said, are in the shadows that we don't even know about. But are they people, John? <laughs> well, exactly. <laughs> to that point, even are they even people at this point? Yeah, exactly. Is it the AI programming? Oh, don't get me started. We, we, do we live in a simulation? Oh man, there's so much proof on that too. Well, d- bizarrely, there isn't. There's more, in recent years, there's more and more proof that we all perceive things differently. The way we do, it's kind of digital, and thus that you know the idea of the Matrix films um, being science fiction. Uh, these days, the evidence seems to point in the direction that they're actually documentaries. Right. Um, you know. There's a lot of evidence there. There's some weird, there's some weird, when you start going down the rabbit hole, there's some weird, 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 weird shit out there. I mean, it's slightly off on one, but it's still to do with the way people perceive things and how the media twists things and whatnot. This November, November 2023, will be 50 years uh, since um certain person became arguably the world, some would say, the world's most famous magician after Harry Houdini. Other people would say, probably including himself, the most famous um, mystic, mystifier or, or, or person with alleged psychic abilities. Others would say just the most famous sort of magical, mystical entertainer, namely... Um, Barry Geller. Okay. Um, the Spoonbendy guy. Uh, he who 50 years ago famously appeared on TV with a bunch of bloody cutlery and metalware and um, just kind of got somebody to pick one. So in this case, we'll say, do you want the one that's in the air that I'm waggling or the one that's down below? In the air or down below? Go ahead, guys. Down below. Down below, okay, down below is the one we'll use then. But you had a free choice. And what he would do is he'd get people to think of the colour um, orange, like the sun, because it's a mixture of red and yellow. At least that's the narrative the Spearley would give to capture people's imaginations. That's the idea. To bypass the conscious uh, critical faculty that's going, mm, capture the imagination. Think of that colour orange. And imagine focusing it towards the screen like it's a heat. And if you think of that, orange what actually happens is we just rub this slightly it looks almost as if it's starting <laughs> looks like it's actually starting to starting to bend i don't know if we can see this but if we compare it to another one it is actually starting to bend just a bit um and then you'd have people really concentrating it'd be as though it started to turn almost as if it was looking like it was plasticky now, I know there's a bit of an optical illusion here with the light, the ring light on the laptop shining on the spoon. Oh, uh, you can but see it. But it does actually look as though it's starting to get that little bit plasticky. And then the weird thing was it started to melt and bend, melt and bend and melt. And then it get that hot that it just 
break. A nice magic trick, miracle psychic feat, demonstration of psychic psychokinesis over metal, call it what you want, believe what you want, made Uri Geller world famous. Now, even if you dismiss it as just a, a magic trick, what's interesting is that in recent years, and you can search on the CIA's own website and on Google for declassified CIA documents, is that documents have come out showing that whether you believe that's just a simple magic trick or not, Uri Geller, it appears, was investigated at length by the CIA and was used in remote viewing um, projects and, he, he was, and was used for spying double agent work and various other things. He, he was supposedly one of the most proficient uh, viewers that the CIA had at the time, too. Um, like, he only missed oh, to a like, couple of things. Yeah, okay, remotely see stuff yeah. that uh, you'd have to mm. otherwise be at the location to see. Before we had drones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I remember, yeah seeing, exactly. I remember reading about that stuff. <laughs> yeah, it really... Uh, so, it, you know... No, go ahead. It's weird, the stuff <laughs> out there, you know. The, why would government spend so much money on investigating and studying things unless they thought, well, unless they thought there was something in it, other than, yeah, when it comes to things like the space race and whatnot, it, it's kind of that propaganda of we're in front of you to try and instill a sense of envy, some might argue, or fear into other geographical, uh, you know, other leaders in the world so that they're retaining control. It's always about control and power on, oh, yeah. on, on some mm -hmm. bloody level. So, yeah. Fire away, guys. We, we've gone off on one. We have <laughs> yeah, bizarrely, all of this is related to hypnosis because let me tell you, my definition of hypnosis is that it's nothing more than the focused um, use of verbal and sometimes non-verbal communication techniques and language to guide and steer the individual, whether they're a therapy client wanting to overcome a habit, addiction, fear, or phobia, or they're a person on stage who wants to lose their inhibitions and have the 15 minutes of fame, or if it was for nefarious purposes to end up getting them to do something that they weren't even consciously aware of, which arguably may have taken place, evidence seems to suggest, in the case of um, the Kennedy assassination with, um, you know, Lee Harvey Oswald. Lee Harvey Oswald. Yeah, yeah. Um, there seems to be evidence to suggest he was turned into a mind-controlled assassin. Not evidence that it was actually his gun or his bullet. Uh, in fact, there's evidence out there if you're into that stuff. You well, probably already know that it was a different gun, different bullet. But to make it look that way, to make him look right, guilty. yeah, the grassy he, knoll. Well, he, so uh, Robert Kennedy Jr. Uh, he's going to be running for president here uh, soon. Uh, he even believes that Lee Harvey Oswald was just a patsy in the whole situation. So it, it's and he's went way down the conspiracy. Like if if, if you guys are interested uh, in that conspiracy. Robert oh. Kennedy Jr., his nephew, is super up-to-date on all the information, and he is 
quick well, as a whistle on getting I'll it. tell you what, if anything happens to Kennedy Jr., everybody's going to know that, okay, <laughs> obviously <laughs> someone doesn't want these guys in the fucking game. Um. So it's, when you start looking, it's like it goes out everywhere. But it is just communication, psychological, emotional uh, manipulation and persuasion. Either used with positive intent to help people change their lives for the better, positive intent to help people have the 15 minutes of fame and entertainment, or nefarious intent to control uh, and have people do things they wouldn't normally do or have them come to believe things that may not be true to distract from other things that are, are, are going on or to sell people something that they don't really want. It's all just a form of communication uh, that pushes the emotional because we are manipulated through emotions. Very much so. Um, and pain—it's a scale of pain and pleasure. And ironically, you'd think people who do things to seek out pleasure, but they're more motivated by pain, or rather, the avoidance of it. Oh yeah, fear—fear fear is the biggest seller for sure. Well, yeah. again, it all boils down to a, a fearful population is an easy to control population. Yep. Now, what got you uh, started in um, hypnosis? Now, I, when I read your profile, uh, it said you were the youngest circus performer in the UK. Uh, well, I was years ago. Clearly okay. not now, obviously. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah. We, 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 which is basically the journey. Um, I was born on the thirteenth of August, nineteen seventy-five. Whilst my parents were travelling with Gandhi Circus here in England. Uh, my dad was performing as Tizzy the Clown, as a circus clown, but also under the name The Amazing Etna, uh, doing a Yogi Fakir. That's F-A-K-I-R. I didn't swear. A Yogi Fakir act, um, which is like lying on beds of nails, dancing on broken glass, going up ladders of daggers, fire eating, all that kind of stuff. My mum was doing a sharpshooting um whip cracking, rope spinning, cowgirl. Oh, that's type. awesome. And as is normal on the circus, everyone kind of follows and starts learning young, keeps it in the family, so to speak. And by the age of, well, to be precise, by November 1978, when I was three years and three years and three months old, yeah, three years and three months old, uh, I made my performance debut as Flap the Clown with a ridiculous grey wig, red nose, funny glasses, makeup, and all that nonsense, on the circus. And if people want to see the embarrassing photos, they can go to my career resume page at Magical Guru. That's M-A-G-I-C-A-L-G-U-R-U.co.uk. And the evidence is there of some of the stuff I'm about to tell you that sounds a bit batshit crazy. So, yeah, started performing then. Um, some of the batshit stuff is that at an early age, the age of four and a bit, I'm on the circus. I'm playing hide and seek with the other kids on the circus that were traveling with us. And um, I went and hid under what I didn't realize was the lion tamer's trailer, caravan. And underneath it chained up was a puma. Oh, shit. Yeah, P-U-M-A, puma, cat. I don't know who was more surprised, it to see me or me to see it. Um, but as a result, I have, I don't know how clear it is, but I've got scar marks on my head the claw marks, I've got them down my back and my left ear, that's why I normally wear a hearing aid um, was ripped off and had to be surgically reattached and 
basically, if I'd not been saved, all it would have took is a slip to the old jugular or whatever. Wow. It would have been a matter of time. But fortunately, I was saved. Ear reattached, albeit it's gammy and after using an hearing aid. Um, but yeah, that was a bizarre early age experience. Then another batshit crazy experience. These, ironically, are relevant. So bear with me. Relevant. No, yeah, oh, you're good. Me. Yeah, we're just interested um, in you, man. We're having a conversation. So at the age of five, thereabouts, um, in England, if, you've probably not heard of, there's a tea company, the drink, called uh, Brook Bond Tea. And they have a brand of tea called PG Tips in England. And if, but if you go on YouTube at a later time and you type in PG Tips, tea advert chimpanzees, you'll see that in the 70s, the 80s, and even into the early 90s before they stopped doing it, they used to get chimpanzees, dress them up, trained chimpanzees, dressed up and have them as the mouth moves, voiced over, dubbed, so it looked like they were talking to each other, and they had these comedy sketches to book the <laughs> no idea. tea. And, and, and it, it worked well for selling the tea. Well, these performing chimps came on tour with Gandhi Circus, and we'd do two shows a day, six days a week, and they'd be on before one of the slots that my dad and me did as Tizzy and Flap. So they'd be leaving, going back to the dressing room, as it were, um, after doing their bit, as my dad and me were going towards the performance area to get ready for our next bit, while there's another act on. And every day, twice a day, six days a week without fail, when the pass cross, my dad would wave at um, Billy Day, the chimp trainer, and go, you all right, Billy? And he'd wave back at my dad and go, you all right, Tiz? Because he was known as Tizzy the Clown. And in that very moment, that very bloody second, when both of them, their attentions were diverted, whichever chimpanzee was holding Billy's hand that was nearest to me would clout me around the side <laughs> of the head. <laughs> and, apparently every, and apparently every time I'd go, Dad, it's done it again. Now, it, I found out in later years that I could I remember I was only five, so I was probably about the same height. Yeah. Chip, you know? But it turns out they've got enough strength in their arm that if they were being vindictive or nasty, They'd have probably knocked me unconscious. Oh yeah. Um, or probably killed me. So they were clearly just being play playful, but it was a bizarre thing. <laughs> this was my crazy life uh, until I was it's about telling you, hey, what's up, kid? A bit. Yeah. <laughs> they're they're way up high five. That's yeah, funny. exactly. That's what apparently that's what I'm advised it was. I didn't know that. I didn't <laughs> you were you were just too slow on I'm it. He just... Basically, I was getting bullied twice a day. Is <laughs> the way I saw it. And, and, and life just got worse from there because, you know, my mum decided that she wanted me to have a normal, I say normal in the speech marks, but what's normal is just a perceptional illusion. Um, each person's normal is only necessarily normal to them yep. because of their perceptions and beliefs. But my mum thought that travelling around place to place, going to different schools wasn't the best thing and that I should have a normal upbringing and thus we should get a house and me go to a one school in one place and only go with the circus in the evenings if it was near enough to get to at weekends and school holidays because my dad would still be traveling so this occurred unfortunately unfortunately well again on magicalguru.co.uk you can see the press article that i'm on about 
when uh, at the age of six and a bit, the Daily Mirror, a British newspaper, ran an article, Alex, my birth name, Alex the Circus Six Hit, and there's a picture of me as Flap the Clown. And when that appeared, I went into the normal school and the teachers who clearly seen this uh, and realised that I got paid when I did these performances and perceptively on a pro rata basis, I got paid more per hour than them. Well, I did, but I wasn't working as many hours as them, so we didn't really equate. Right. I can only I can only assume that the way they perceived it was incited some sort of jealousy or God knows, because they started making my life a living hell at school. Um, they victimised me. They made life difficult. They took the piss. And, and yeah, I'm categorically saying the teachers did this. Yeah, I was, I was just going to ask that. They're teachers. These aren't the other kids. No, this was teachers. Oh, I'm sorry, to man. To the point where I, I was begging to move school. Unfortunately, in the village where we were, there wasn't any other schools, uh, and the nearest ones were um, didn't have reliable public transport, and my mum didn't have a, a car at the time. So it took until I was near enough eight, close to two years, before we were able to move to another town and we start at another school where I'm delighted to say the teachers were bloody fantastic. Whenever I appeared in the media, they did, They were fully supportive. That's awesome. They couldn't have been better. I couldn't, have, I couldn't have asked for better teachers. But that's when the bullying started from other kids. Mm. Um, and it was mainly verbal. It was mainly, you know, name calling and whatnot. Now, I also have when it's allowed to grow ginger hair. So that was another target for bullying as well. Ginger hair, circus clown son from the circus, um, who also, you know, is a performer. Slightly deaf. All I needed was a pair of glasses that were slightly broken, stuck together with a plaster. <laughs> and I'd have had the full please bully me set type of thing. Um and, you know, people say sticks and stones will break my bones, but names will never hurt me. And that's just, it's bullshit, as any viewer or listener oh, yeah. who, who's oh, been yeah. a, a victim of such will know. And, you know, it, it, it was a fucking nightmare. And it got so bad that by the, well, by the time I was 10, I refused to perform any longer as Flat the Clown because in my head, the logic was, because of my background, I'd been kind of forced into that. I hadn't. I enjoyed doing it, but it was like I was, didn't have any other choice because the background I came. And it was that that was causing me to be bullied. So if I stopped being flat the clown, the bullying had stopped. That was my logic. Right. Two issues with this. The two issues were that growing up, I got... I, the bullying made me feel shit. But when I performed and an audience clapped, and showed their appreciation or laughed at the right times, it made me feel, arguably, you could say, loved and appreciated. So it balanced out the feeling like shit that I felt from the bullying. So there's this conflict going on internally. But fortunately, at a young age, I'd started spending my money I earned from doing the clown shows and stuff on magic tricks, conjuring. Um, I'll show you a trick in a minute, but I'd be... Um, and by the time I was 10, I got so proficient, I had a professional standard magic hat ready. So when I refused to perform as Flap the Clown, no more clown nose, no more wig, 
I then started doing magic shows, which I continued to earn money from, and meant I could get the applause from an audience and that appreciation and feeling that I, I was arguably addicted to and dependent on well, yeah. right. to balance that's, that's out known. It, right. the, the negativity from the bullying. Unfortunately, I was still appearing, or fortunately, depends how you look at it, um, I was still appearing in the media, but now as a magician, without the clown's makeup and all that, but it still caused jealousy with the pupils. I still was victimised as being the odd one out, so I was still getting bullied, even though I stopped doing the clowning. And so bad it got that by the time I was 12, I could have still been 11, but I'd give or take a few months. Uh, in, in winter time, fall time, as you, call, you guys call it in the States, where it goes darker quicker in the evenings, I decided to that if I lay down in the middle of Queen's Park Road in Haywood, busiest main road there, that um, all the pain and mental torment would be over and done with forever. And it wouldn't take very long. Oh, Jesus, man. Um, so I did. I waited until there was an opportunity to get into the middle of the road, lay down, and nothing happened. Time went by, and I don't know how long I was laid there because I didn't have a watch on. But since then, I've discovered this time's a weird construct, a, a, a relative thing, a perceptional thing. Because you can bump into a friend you've not seen for years, go for a coffee with them or a beer, think you've been sat talking for 20 minutes, then look at your watch and realize an hour and a half's gone by like that. And conversely, you can end up going in for a job appraisal with your boss. And thinking you've been in there getting grilled for half an hour, but you come out and you've only been in there five or ten minutes. Right. I feel that so every time. time. Is a weird, <laughs> time's a weird illusionary thing, you know, and that's without even having a joint or two, you know, that, that's in so-called normal consciousness. What It's all an illusion, so I don't know how long I was laid in that road. I honestly can't tell. All I know is I got fed up of lying there with no traffic came, which was weird. And I stood up and started making my way back to the sidewalk pavement, we call it in England, and I put one foot onto it. And as I did, I suddenly heard this whoosh, and I felt this backdraft, and I turned my head slightly, and from the corner of my eye, I saw a massive articulated lorry into a word, will buy, followed by, followed by cars, followed by trucks, and it was back what? to being that main road that I knew it to be. But in that moment, I shit myself, but I also had a moment of clarity. That there must be a better way of dealing with this anguish. Maybe this was a sign. I'm not religious. Um, the universe. Maybe this. The universe yeah, was God trying knows. to tell you, like, hey. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. So, Holy um, fuck. And since then, I've seen, you know, survivors, people who jumped off or out of multi story buildings. Often they've survived with life changing injuries, but. If you look online, you can see their accounts, and they all consistently say one, pretty much the same thing, that what caused them to jump out of or off the multi-story building was that they felt they had way too many problems and they couldn't handle it any longer. The mental anguish, the pain, and, uh, and all that, in a voice going, you're not worthy, and all that. So they jumped out or off the building. But when they started hurling towards the floor, they realised they actually only had one problem. The fact they jumped out or off a multi-storey building. It kind of went everything in a weird 
clear clarity. And that's what happened to me that day. I thought, there's got to be a better way of dealing with this. And that started the quest. The synchronicity, you might say, coincidence, sheer fluke, chance, fuck knows, preordained destiny, no idea. But because, because I did magic at a professional level, even though I was only 12, the books in the kids' library were no good. I was way beyond that skill level. So my mum had had a word with the librarian who I'd shown a few tricks to, and she'd gone, oh, I see what you mean type of thing. And so she got me permission to take books out of the adult library on my kids' library card. Oh, cool. Nice. So where the, where the kids' magic books were, were under a section in the Dewey Decimal Library book numbering system, which is the same worldwide, under a section called Sports and Pastimes. That's where they had the conjuring magic trick books. And they'd always been there. And the other books that were to the right-hand side had always been there as well, but I'd been blind to them before. But this day, in what is called the uh, Popular Psychology and Self-Help section, which was to the right of the Sports and Pastimes, I noticed the spine on a book. And this book was called how to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie. And I thought, wow, if I get that book and read it and apply the contents, I can influence the bullies and win them round to be friends. Then they won't be bullying me. And that's solved the problem in life. It's a win-win. So I got right. the book and I read it. You did this at 12? It seemed logical. I was 12 at the yeah. time. And that, that was part of the problem. Because whilst I can honestly say it's a fantastic book for adults to get and apply the contents of on other adults in a common sense uh, manner in adult environments, then it works wonderfully. It doesn't work very well when a 12-year-old is trying to use the techniques on other 12-year-olds. <laughs> it, it made things fucking worse. Oh. The bullying got worse. I don't mean to laugh. However, man, but yeah, that's, right. I, I, it's all right. You're gonna laugh. You're gonna laugh when you cry. I tell you, um, it actually got worse. However, I discovered the self-help and popular psychology section of the library, and a couple of weeks later, I saw another book, and it was called "The Power of Auto Suggestion." Now, auto suggestion is just another name for giving yourself personal affirmations. In this modern age, some people call it the law of attraction. Years and decades ago, in the 1800s, it was called mesmerism. Later, it became known as hypnotism, giving yourself loads of different names for the same thing, meditation. <laughs> All of these things, as I'll mention later, are about one principle. But I got this book, and in it, I learned Emile Coué. It was written by a guy called, a French guy called Emile Coué. E-M-I-L-E, Emile. Coué, C-O-U-E, who's most famous for the personal affirmation that day by day, in every way, I'm getting better and better. Or a slight variation that people might have heard is day by day, in every way, I'm feeling better and better. And he discovered, and this is in the 1800s, but it, studies have proven this to be true since, that if you said that to yourself 15 times, which is divisible by the number three, that's relevant because you've got the conscious mind and the critical faculty, analytical area. It's like the nightclub dormant of the mind, I call it, or psychologists call it the executive function. It's the filter. And then you've got the subconscious, unconscious mind, the imagination, or as I like to call it, your personal laptop computer. So there's three areas. So that's why politicians tell you what they're going to say, then they say it, then they repeat what they've said. 
because the first time you're conscious here is that it goes, mm, they're not that interested. Second time, the critical faculty that's already heard it once goes, I'm fucking fed up with this and might <laughs> become bored. So the third time, it's got more chance of getting in. That's Makes sense, yeah. So um, for some reason, he decided 15 was the optimum number. But that You would say this phrase to yourself, first thing in the morning when you opened your eyes, when you woke up, are you still... You're, you're not yet fully conscious. You're in what's called officially the hypnopompic state, okay? The transitional state between sleep and being fully wide awake. That transitional sleep period in the morning is called the hypnopompic state. And at night time, when you close your eyes and start yawning before you forget, because you never remember that moment you go to sleep, you just suddenly wake up in the morning but that transitional period transitional sleep period there is called the hypnogogic state now both of them are transitional they're the same state of mind which is also the, pretty much the same state of mind as the theta state of mind so there's four there's brain wave levels there's beta alpha theta delta b-a-t-d i remember it as b-a-t bat and d for dung like shit Bat dung, beta, alpha, theta, delta. That's the order. Now, beta is like when you're beta testing something. It's consciousness. It's as we are now. Alpha starts with the letter A. So this is how I remember it. A is for like air, air ed, having your head in the clouds, daydreaming. The sort of daydreamy, slightly more suggestible state. Theta starts with the letter T. So that's like a trance. It's the theta state, it's the transitional, letter T again, transitional sleep state. It's that bit before you get to delta, just before you get to delta, which is letter D, which is also D for dreaming, as in sleep. So theta is transitional sleep state. It's the same thing. It's the same state that meditation takes you to when done properly. That... Um, Progressive relaxation techniques can still the mind and body and take you to. Hypnosis guides you to, or self-hypnosis, you can guide yourself. Uh, there's hundreds of different approaches out there in the world with different names. Yeah, I'm... But the focus is on getting you to that state of mind. And that state of mind is one where the executive function, a.k.a. the analytical area of the mind, the critical faculty that analyzes stuff and stops shit going in when it's working, when it's on duty, the nightclub dormant of the mind, is asleep. It's finished work for the day. So anything can instantly go in to reprogram your personal laptop computer, your unconscious, subconscious mind, the imagination. That's what we're, 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 we're dealing with here. And in that book, as well as discovering, giving that affirmation morning and night, could help me feel better, which it did to a degree. It didn't stop the bullying, but it made me feel, handle it a bit better and help the resilience, uh, you know, increase my self-worth a bit, feelings inside. I also read some other techniques because the guy was a mesmerist, a, a hypnotist, call it what you will. They had different names over the years, but he knew his shit. And he talked about a thing called the law of reversed effort. What resists, persists. The idea... In neuro-linguistic programming these days, they talk about it and say, you get more of what you focus on in your mind, okay? Now, this is also the explanation why when millions of dollars worth of the book 
the secret on the law of attraction. Shitloads of people bought it, and yet the vast majority of those shitloads of people still haven't been able to manifest their life differently and are still addicted to buying self-help books. This is because they didn't phrase their personal affirmations right. They may have started saying to themselves morning and night, I will no longer be poor. I get richer every day. Well, I'm sorry. Within that, you've got the suggestion that you currently are poor and that it's possible that you could be poor. And you get more of what you focus on in life. The mind believes that to be true because it knows it currently is. So it's more likely to keep you fixed in the poor state than allowing you the opportunity to move forward and become richer. I, I agree with that you know? a thousand percent, man. Um, so I, I recently got sober uh, over a year ago. Duh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, over a year ago. From, now. I got sober from alcohol. So uh, that was big for me uh, was the uh, the self-affirmation of like, um, you know, when I, when I first got sober, it was always I was thinking, I don't have a drink right now. And then it became, I don't need a drink right now. And then it just became... You, the if you don't think about drinking, it's not a problem. It's when you think about it and you give yourself that affirmation of like, I don't need a drink right now, that you actually find yourself craving it more. At least for me personally. So I, I, I see. No, exactly hey, what you're saying. that is in my work. That is completely true. You know, the biggest problem for people who uh, were say addicted excessively to alcohol and no longer are, but or it was drugs or whatever. The worst thing on the planet, long-term, is to join any form of AA. And the reason is, Alcoholics Anonymous, day every day you're telling yourself you're a recovering alcoholic. You're giving yourself a suggestion you're still an alcoholic. That's bullshit. That's why people relapse and stuff. It's the same with Narcotics Anonymous. Uh, Everyone. Sex Addicts Anonymous. All of it is about keeping you addicted to that infrastructure of the um, 12 steps. Yeah, I agree. I'm, so um, I, I didn't do AA or anything like that because that's exactly how I felt I can about tell it. that from what you just said, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there. Um, it, it, it was just, um, you know, exactly what you were saying, though. It felt like it was trading one addiction for another, and I didn't want to do that. Uh, I didn't want to become addicted to the infrastructure of AA or any other, you know, uh, alcohol alcoholic group I don't, I don't know what you want to call it um but it it was you know it is the mere fact of you know i i still i know that i was a drunk i know that i was an alcoholic uh, but like you said i don't call myself uh, an alcoholic still um i maybe a recovering alcoholic no, no exactly you just yeah. said you were yeah you was exactly. that's past tense good when a client comes to me for therapy the moment they walk in that consulting room door or log on to zoom if we're doing it virtually on the internet that very moment, that very second that I connect with them and speak to them, as far as I'm concerned, they are now a confident, happy, healthy, relaxed non-smoker if they came with the intention of stopping smoking. And everything I say will be that prior to walking in through that door or logging on to Zoom with me, that they used to be a smoker in the past. Things used to bother them, worry them or concern them or stress them out. But from here on in, things have become different and then I go into the work that we do together. So yeah, I mean, I dig that. you bang on the nail, but that's one, one area of what I learned, and this is gonna be shocking for some. Uh, that, that, so that's what the law of reversed effort. 
Another way it's explained is through the what I call the Yoda principle, which is like the Star Wars scene where Luke Skywalker, I think it is, is blindfolded and he's got the lightsaber and he's trying to hit this thing. And Master Yoda says, do. what are you doing? And, you know, he's like, he says, I'm trying. I'm trying to do it. And Yoda says, do or do not. There is no <laughs> try. Yeah. Because the word try, and this is true, you'll, you'll find it every day. Like if you bump into a friend and say, hey, I'm having a party next week on Wednesday, such a, such a place. If they turn around and say, hey, I'll try and get them, nine times out of ten, they don't show up. Right. Do or do not, there is no try. Um, and that's why stage hypnotists, when they get people to put their hands together and squeeze them and imagine them glocking, gluing, welding, I won't go through the full process, but right at the end, they'll go, now, Prove to yourself that your hands have locked together and just try to separate your hands. The word try implies they won't be able to. So it's a very powerful word. That's something else I learned in that book. And the third final thing that was life-changing that I learned in that book was a thing called pattern interrupts. Now, to explain this, in America, in England, in Europe, and many places in the world, but not everywhere, because some places this is not culturally acceptable or, or whatnot but in most of england america and europe if i put my hand out towards you like that i'm outstretched because i say hi nice to meet you your conscious mind goes this person saying hello to me it, it immediately goes to your um laptop computer your unconscious subconscious mind goes through the filing cabinet and finds what happens in situations like this all in a split second without you being consciously aware and you find yourself because of the file that's there that says you shake hands, bringing your hand up, hands connect, hands are shut, greetings been made. That's the pattern of life people follow. Oh, it, when you put your hand out like that, my instant reaction was to put my hand out like, <laughs> over the, hard, the screen. It's hardwired yeah. into us. It is. Yeah. Right. So if, and that, and that feels comfortable, when it happens, it's what's expected, and the computer goes, yeah, brilliant, that's great. Serotonin. However, as a hypnotist, or a persuasion person, I can fuck with you. So if I put my hand out and you come towards it, it looks as though we're going to connect, but then suddenly I grab your wrist, turn your hand round, start pulling it towards your face as I say, stare at your hand as you do, your eyes start to close, and I give a certain spiel. Because your conscious mind suddenly goes, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> I thought he was going to shake my hand, but he hasn't. Now my hand's coming towards my face. Your conscious mind is fixated on your hand to the exclusion of everything else. The critical faculty, analytical area, executive function of the brain, or nightclub dormant of the mind, as I call it, goes, I'm confused, I'm disorientated. It's a bit like the rabbit in the headlights in the fight, flight, freeze, or shite. You confront dinosaur, you either kill it, live another day, and eat, run away like the clappers, <laughs> get saved, shit, so that hopefully the stench of it makes the dinosaur run off or freeze like the rabbit in headlights. What shall I do? Shall I fight? Shall I run? Well, that freeze moment is very much, it's, it's not the same, but it's akin with being in that trance or theta state, transitional sleep state. In other words, the critical faculty, analytical area, executive function, the nightclub dormant of the mind fucked off. And we're directly into the personal laptop computer, the con unconscious, subconscious imagination. So we can directly put a command in that will be acted upon immediately, which is why in that confusion, disoriented state of the pattern not being followed, I can apparently hypnotize, i.e. use emotional and psychological communication to get the person in that confused, disorientated, sensory overload state where the nightclub dormant fucks off 
and I can get into the computer and give them the hypnotic commands to do whatever Dude, to you, change their life for the better. You blah, gotta be blah, blah. great in a crisis, man. The one person freezing up, like, no, 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 you gotta come with me. <laughs> it's this is stuff you 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 be able to apply this in everyday life, especially when you go and uh, get a copy of Shit Nurses helping you get over the shit in your life and get your shit together for seventeen bucks off Amazon or the major booksellers, because it'll teach you how to do it for yourself and in your everyday life. So I learned that, this pattern interrupt thing. Oh, hold on, hold on. Plug um, plug your book, man. Let me, let's let's see that. Talk, talk about that. Well we'll, 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 we'll come back to this in a minute. Okay. <laughs> the next logical step on the journey. So I learned the pattern interrupt. I went to bed, and this genuinely is how it happened. I woke up one morning, bearing in mind that now I've gone to secondary school, high school, and the bullying has become more physical, still verbal, but more physical. I'm getting hit most days by the main school bully. And I, I think I've got nothing to lose here. So I take everything I've learned in this book and I decide nothing to lose. I'm going to try it out. And the next day, when this, the pattern that the bully used to follow was come up to me, start mouthing off with insults and their gang would laugh. Then they'd pin me against the wall. Some more verbal insults, their gang would laugh. Then they'd hit me either slap me or punch me, let go, start walking off with a gang laughing with a final couple of insults. That was it for the day. Whether it happened in the morning break, lunchtime or afternoon, it varied, but it happened. Thought I've got nothing to lose. So the moment they started coming towards me with their hand, rather than just keeping quiet, hoping it'd all be over and done with real quick, I thought nothing to lose. So I went, rather than effing fucking wasting everyone's time with your silly, not even funny insults. Why don't you just fucking try and hit me now? Go on, try and hit me now if you think you can. Go on, do it, do it if you're so big and hard. And at that moment, the hand connected to my neck, but not as, but not as firmly as it would do normally. So I carried on, and lo and behold, as I'm going, go on, try and fucking hit me now then. Suddenly, it's like a glazed look came over the eye. And I thought what was mentioned in the book is happening. Oh, yeah. This has not fitted the pattern of what they expected. They're confused. They're disorientated. They've got sensory overload. They're wondering what the hell's going on. Plus, this try is implying they won't be able to. <clears throat> and then suddenly they let go of me, turned to their gang and said, follow me, fellas. And as they walked off, they turned and said, you're fucking nutcase. You don't fucking come near me ever again. I had no intentions of <laughs> That was the day. That I learned that words, yes, they can be like weapons. We discussed Holy before. Holy shit. They can yeah. also be true, but they can be truly life changing as well. Because that's when the physical bullying stopped. Oh, there were still good verbal you, insults, not from them, from, from other people when they appeared in the media. And, but generally speaking, things immensely improved that day. And that made me think, wow, this is powerful. And again, maybe synchronicity, timing, God knows. But. I saw an advert in a magazine that said, train to become a clinically qualified hypnotherapist, help people change their lives for the better. And that screamed to me that um, this could help me feel better. And rake in the cash and become rich and famous <laughs> as a comedy stage hypnotist. And I thought, money, performing, audience clapping and laughing at the right time, make me feel good. This ticked all the boxes. So I sent off for the prospectus and it came and this was in 1988 when I was 13 years of age. And 
It was £125 United Kingdom sterling for this course, which at the time, the exchange rate, the way it was back then, would have been about 250 United States dollars. But that was back in 1988. So it's a fair amount of money for a 13-year-old. Right. But I was earning it from my magic shows. So it's fine. I invested the money. When it came to doing the exam, I lied about my age on the forms, as I'd done when I signed up for the course, because it said you had to be 18. So I lied about my age. I passed the exam with flying colours. But then I started feeling guilty because I knew I'd lied about my age. So I wrote to the principal, uh, Dr. Brian Howard, who set up the Association of Professional Hypnotherapists and Psychotherapists here in England, which is where I did the uh, course with. And I said, I've got to come clean. I lied about my age, but I only did it because he said I had to be 18 to take the course. And I really wanted to take the course, so I lied. I'm sorry. Please forgive me, type of thing. And he gave me the whole lecture about how you shouldn't lie and all that. But then in the, in the end, he said, at the end of the day, you did the same exam everyone else does, and you passed it with flying colours. So they issued me a new uh, certificate with my correct date of birth on. Again, you can see the evidence of all this at Magical Guru, M-A-G-I-C-A-L-G-U-R-U.co.uk. That's really cool. Man. And I became the youngest ever clinically qualified hypnotherapist member of the Association of Professional Hypnotherapists and Psychotherapists here in England and started helping people to overcome habits, addictions, fears and phobias. But also with what I'd learned, started doing the hypnosis shows for the applause and that because, and by then, not only had I discovered through what happened to me in life, but I started coming to these conclusions through treating people with what I learned from that course, that as human beings, whether we're consciously aware of it or not, is another matter, but we all need to, we may not want to or consciously know, but we need to, in order to operate on a level where we don't suffer depression or anxiety. Depression live, is basically living in the past, fearing things might happen negatively again. Anxiety and panic is living in the future, thinking fear of the unknown. That's why you always hear this cliche of live in the moment. Well, you should, because yesterday is it's like with money. Yesterday is a cancelled check. Tomorrow is just a promissory note. There's no guarantees. But today is cash to so spend it wisely because we all get the same 1,440 minutes or 86,400 seconds in 24 hours. We all get the same currency. Now, if that was money and you were told that at the end of 24 hours it's gone forever, you sure as hell either invest it or spend it, wouldn't you? Right, you do yeah. that wisely. Why don't we do that living-wise now? Do you that. do that and live in the moment more, then you won't be fearing what may or may not happen in the future, and you won't be stuck in the past thinking, oh, that doesn't happen again. Um, but aside from that, I discovered that we need to to not end up developing addictions or habits and all the negative stuff. We need to feel loved, wanted, needed, appreciated, cared for, cherished and valued. They all sound very similar, I know, but if you get a thesaurus and check out the meanings of loved, wanted, needed, appreciated, cared for, cherished and valued, I'll make it even easier. I go into it in the book and explain it all. Um, some relate to self-confidence, some to self-image, some to self-esteem, 
some to self-control, aka willpower. So if you've had any negative impact from the moment of birth up to roughly the teenage years, now Sigmund Freud, aka Sigmund Freud, said the formative years were zero to seven. In my experience, I believe it's from birth to around puberty, teenage years. And conventional psychology kind of agrees with me in so much as they say the executive function, which is another name for the critical faculty analytical area, that filter, the nightclub dormant of the mind, doesn't really kick in and start its job properly until around puberty. So if we go off that, if you've had any negative messages from teachers saying you're not good enough, or bullying or anything, or any traumas from birth up to puberty, they will have made an imprint, a negative one, on your nettop computer, your unconscious subconscious mind. So when the nightclub doorman does start his job to stop shit coming in, it's too late. There's by, on average, 13 years of shit from birth already gone on the hard drive that's running there. Hmm. So unless you do some sort of ritualistic process, the types of things we cover in my book, Shit Gnosis, to be able to bypass the critical faculty, get past that doorman of the mind, to go into the computer control room of your mind and delete the negative thoughts, feelings, energies, and emotions connected to those traumas or negative experiences of the past, negative programming, and then also instill metaphorically mental antivirus software for the brain, then the negative shit that's in there has got to manifest somehow, and it will do through a habit or an addiction or not feeling good enough or, or, or in some other way. So... If you've had a negative impact somewhere on feeling loved, wanting, needed, appreciated, cared for, cherished, or valued, or a combination thereof, it will cause an imbalance that will have a neg negative impact somewhere on one or more of your self-confidence, self-image, self-esteem, self-control, aka willpower. Which if there's any negative impact on them, it'll have a negative impact on your self-worth, your self-love, your self-respect, and your positive selfishness your ability to look after yourself to then be of use to help others. And if there's any negative impact on any of them, which there will be if there was anywhere along, because it's a domino effect, then it will have a negative impact on your sense of self, your self-identity. It will end up feeling like something is missing. Well, so Okay? And that's when you get the little voice in your head that says you're not good enough, the so-called imposter syndrome. Yeah, so uh, kind of the not really sidetrack, but um, I, I talk about it often on the show. I took a, a dose of mushrooms uh, a couple of years ago, and it, it completely changed my life. Okay. Uh, and just the way you, you had described, you know, kind of bypassing the the conscious part of the brain going the right door to man. some kind. Yeah. Um, you know, the guys have also done mushrooms before. So what do you guys think about maybe that is an, an, an easy way to, uh, you know, like an instant way to bypass that and, and access that subconscious. Why they have research and therapies going on with using those. So, yeah, that's what I was guess. just thinking. Exactly. There, there is research going on now and into uh, various different psychedelic drugs. Now, they say there's research going on now. Here's the bizarre thing. If you do your own research and look, they looked into playing around with these things to influence, control, and manipulate people as part of MK Ultra. Yes, exactly. Um but it didn't benefit them. Now they're finding ways where they could perhaps profit from it as well. Oh, yeah. By licensing the supply of these things. The truth is, yes, that will work and help bypass. But you know what? The 
The 17 books are one time only investment, no refills or replacements ever required. You can go on Amazon and get the book Shit Gnosis, helping you get over the shit in your life and get your shit together, which also incorporates the fuck that system, fully unconscious conditioning knowledge therapy, honoring okay. absolute transformation by yours truly, Jonathan Royal. And in there, it's not just a book that you read, because I know that book some people off. Uh, there is a whole bunch of these things, QR codes that you can scan with your device that take you instantly to uh, sort of virtual online training and treatment sessions where I take you through the techniques step by step and show you how to use them to overcome any habits, addictions, fears or phobias or any health issues from A through to Z in your life uh, in the comfort, safety and privacy of your own home. But one of the key things it teaches you that book is how to reprogram that laptop computer so that you do feel loved, wanted, needed, appreciated, cared for, cherished and built. So that it balances out and repairs your self-confidence, self-image, self-esteem, self-control. So that in turn, your self-respect, self-love, self-worth and positive selfishness is balanced out. So that in turn, your sense of self, your self-identity is repaired and you feel whole again. Factory reset. I Which, love that, man. Yeah, is, and when you and, feel whole again, you don't need drugs of choice. That doesn't mean that you might yeah, not still please, choose to recreationally indulge. Please don't think I was trying to to downplay you on that. Uh, if anything, so. it made me it made me far more interested uh, in the oh, idea no, of hypnotherapy. Right. Uh, no, you're completely right. That does work, but the reason there's more research, but they can they find they'll, they'll find a way to monetize. It. Oh yeah, mm -hmm. always. Always. Um, but you it, don't need anything to access that part of your mind. You don't need to. But yeah. Well, that was exactly it. It, it made me it you know? open up the idea in in my head that you know maybe hypnotherapy can get you to that same state. To me, that was. I mean, I haven't done mushrooms since then. It's been years. Um, but it, but that was like. It was just kind of eye opening to me that maybe there's a way to access that part of yourself without you know, drugs without a profit, without all that. Um, so uh, there is. And, you know, one of the things that I do, and I, I, I mentioned it in the book, it, it's covered in here, um, is a thing I call hit nor high. And basically it's the safe, legal, non-toxic, um, free of charge, once you've got the audios, uh, alternative to illegal in some states, depending on which drug of choice it is, uh, and potentially dangerous if it's been cut with the wrong thing. Uh, the alternative is to use your mind to have you experience the cocaine, MDMA, heroin, or whatever drug of choice. I'm not one to judge, but in a manner where you don't have to take the drug. You don't have to break the law. You don't have to spend money out. There's no risk of it being cut wrong, but you can experience it. Uh, as perceptively 100% total reality thanks to the magic that is your laptop computer. It's like loading up um, a different software. Oh, that's awesome, man. It's like the Matrix. And that's what the book... I need to learn how to fly a helicopter. Yeah. <laughs> Done. That's what this book is, helping you get your shit together. And the key is to allow people to be able to let go of any... Fear, frustration, failure, anger, anguish, anxiety, resentment, regret, remorse, or feelings of self-blame, shame, guilt, or regret they might be carrying around on some level that they're not evenly aware of. 
the kind of literally letting go of that shit, enabling them to 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 be who they were always supposed to be. Yeah, I, I'm gonna be honest, man. You you you've made a sale in me for sure. I'm I'm gonna be buying this book. I think I'm hour. gonna be buying it myself. <laughs> I, Holy I, hell! You 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 know you make a, a really good uh, point here. You, you prove really good concepts and. Yeah, you know, I, I, and I love that you're a showman at it too, man. I love that. Like, you, you come on the show, you, you are yourself, but at the same time, yourself is, a, is a showman. You've been a showman since a, you were a child, and that's it shows in your personality, and it's great, man. Uh, you're super fun to talk to. Um, you melted a spoon in half. <laughs> that was that was pretty off. cool. <laughs> now. I promised to show you a trick, so I'll just put them there in a minute. I'll come back to them in a second. But just to finish up on that bit. Yeah, so please. that's what I discovered. I, that's what I discovered. That is the underlying core of this book. Albeit, obviously, that then I then go into techniques that you can use. But unlike many self-help books out there, which frankly don't work, the majority of self-help books are put out by people to make money, right? Right. Definitely. And that, People go, well, surely that's your motive, Jonathan Roy. Yeah, it'd be nice that I make money, but you know how much money I'll make from each sale because I self-published it through Amazon? Oh, yeah, I've looked my, into it. I make just short of $3. So when it converts to English money, I'll have made about £1.80. I am not going to get rich oh, off no. this. Right. Unlike, and my more, so, you know, yeah, I do make a tiny bit of money, but it isn't about the money. And there, you'll notice that because there's no upsell in the book. Other self-help books, at the end, they want you to go on a website and buy the video program or, or, or join some, their some coaching Some additional program. pieces, yeah. <clears throat> None of that. This book, shit gnosis, it is the shit. It's all the shit <laughs> I've found that's worked for me and everyone else I've helped over the past 34 years um, can I turn 48 this August? So near enough, 34 years of doing therapy for people. Anything of worth that I've found consistently works is in this book. Further, and this is one of the reasons why self-help books don't tend to work, because not everyone can learn just through reading. That's why, to deal with that, I put the QR codes in. So there's videos demonstrating stuff. Awesome. The next thing is there's two main types of people on this planet. There's a sliding scale in between. Of course there is. But there's two main types of people. There's the person who's very logical, analytical, skeptical, um, very sort of um, left brain, as they call it. And then there's the direct opposite, very right brain, creative, spiritual, very open and accepting types. Those <laughs> people... The things that will work for those people are not going to fucking work for the highly analytical, skeptical people and vice versa. Makes sense. So, and that's where a lot of books go wrong. So not only do I teach you techniques that work, but I also show you what you need to do to tweak them to make them personal, specific, and completely relevant like laser-guided psychological missiles to your mind so that they will work for you based on the correct type of personality and mind type that you happen to be, which is something that most all of the books out there I've encountered before don't do and where I feel shit knows this is different uh, and, and more beneficial to you. So that's what I learned. That's what's taught in the book. But along the way, obviously, there's magic. So I'll tell you what, <laughs> there's three of you. See you, showman. Going from, we'll start with... Um, First dude, go. You're in a role. So, first person, 
Name any suit in a deck of cards. There's clubs, hearts, spades, or diamonds. Bearing in mind that whichever you name is your choice and is the one that hopefully I predicted, because I made a prediction in here in advance. So, do you want hearts, clubs, diamonds, or spades? Spades. Spades it is. Now, did I influence you by wiggling this in a non-verbal fashion before? <laughs> so you saw the spade on the box? Maybe I did. If you think I did, you can choose to change your mind. But you've only got three seconds to decide. One, two, three. Do you want to change your mind or do you want to stick with no, spades? I'll stick with the spades. Now, you notice when you play this video back, I went, do you want to change your mind or do you want to stick with spades? And I raised my voice slightly <laughs> when I said, stick with spades. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> with spades. So I'm going to give you one more, one more chance if you want to. To change your mind, but you only get three seconds. One, two, three. What's your decision now? I'll, I'll stick with the spades. <laughs> Still sticking with spades. Okay. Can't say that I was any. I couldn't have been any fairer. <laughs> we come to dude number two. Do you want it to be a number card? So that would be. Um, well, many people would say ace, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I don't. I say aces are high. So. Number card will be two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, or ten. Or a picture card, which would be you know, Jack, Queen, King, or Ace. Do you want it to be a number card or a picture card? A uh, picture card. I'm sorry, picture card. So it's a spade and it's a picture card, which means dude number three. You've got a choice. It's either going to be the Jack of Spades, the Queen of Spades, the King of Spades, or the Ace of Spades. Kind of in a mortar, but that might be too <laughs> obvious. So you might want to make it the jack, the queen, or the king. But you can have ace of spades if that's what you want because of the multiple. <laughs> to you. Oh, praise let me. Which, which one is it? Is it jack, queen, king, or ace of spades? Go queen. Okay, you surprised me. You surprised <laughs> me on that one too. Some people might think. I did think uh, you were then going to say ace of spades, but if you had it would have been the wrong one because that's not the one that I predicted. And by that, you said Queen of Spades, yeah? Well, here's the interesting thing. I've got one card <laughs> no shit. turned the other way around, okay? I did that in advance. And the one card that I turned around and managed to influence you three dudes <laughs> to say between you was and is. Get ready to go mad with applause. The Queen! <laughs> oh, yes! That's that's pretty wild, dude. That, that was, that really was cool. <laughs> so, <laughs> very impressed, man. Unfortunately, I'm, I'm looking at the clock, and here in England, uh, it's 22 minutes past seven in the evening. Oh, man, yeah. Um, I know that my good lady wife is going to be um, serving up tea in about um 10 15, about 18 just under 20 minutes time so if there's any specific questions uh you've got in mind that i've not covered naturally through my ramblings please feel free to ask them uh where can we get the book again just to make sure our <laughs> listeners and oh, i know thank again. you thank yes. you thank you give me another plug the yeah, book of course the book is available by going to Amazon or any major online book retailer, but with Amazon, I do make like 20 cents more. Um, it's called Shitnosis, 
Helping you get over the shit in your life and get your shit together. Subtitled, uh, incorporating the fuck that system, fully unconscious conditioning, knowledge therapy, honoring absolute transformation by me, Jonathan Royal. That's R-O-Y-L-E at the end. And it's got all those videos in there and it's got chat. If you're easily offended, don't fucking buy it. Because <laughs> it uses humor to help um, help you learn better. Right. Um, humor is more is some... memorable than, than pretty much any other form of advertisement too. So Exactly. And but there's some stuff in here some might find offensive or, or not uh, in good taste. Don't worry, swearing, man. They won't be the, listening to our podcast. Or, or, <laughs> right. They wouldn't be listeners. That's cool anyway. then. Or the fact that I'll teach you things like the SCAT process, <laughs> which is stands for subconsciously charged analytical therapy. It's a meridian tapping healing technique, but I've given it it enables you to knock all the negative shit out of yourself. Um I use the metaphor all the way through because the way i explain it is if you've got a habit addiction fear or phobia or emotional issue or whatever that you are emotionally constipated so you need a mind laxative or a mind bleach mental antivirus <laughs> to help you remove that block and move on in life so yeah you can get that on amazon it's 17 united states dollars there is no upsell um access to the videos is all free by scanning the qr codes and literally everything you could need to change your life for the better is in there. But reading it or reading it and looking at the videos is not a magic wand that's going to change your life. You have to actually apply the techniques as well in your daily life. Because if you keep doing what you've always done, you'll keep getting what you've always got. The true meaning, the true definition of lunacy is doing the same thing, <coughs> expecting different, different results. results yeah. and, and I think one of the biggest things um, I, I want to leave people with the thought of as we kind of wrap this up is one of the more healthiest things you can do is turn off the telly, start controlling your own news input like we talked about earlier. Again, check out my documentary, Extreme Danger, Extreme Hypnosis, that was on my, my celebrity hypnotist YouTube channel. Playlist is there, Extreme Danger, Extreme Hypnosis. You can find me on all social media platforms with the handle at Royal Hypnotist, R O Y L E. H-Y-P-N-O-T-I-S-T, except for YouTube. I couldn't get that. Um, so it's Celebrity Hypnotist on YouTube. And um, stop comparing yourself to other people. The grass is not greener. Looking at social media and thinking other people have got the perfect lives only leads to you feeling depressed or down or envious. You know what? They're using filters. They're not... They might just be telling you about the good things and admitting to mention the bad. Some of the richest people on the planet I've had as therapy clients, celebrities who apparently mm -hmm. appear to have it all, were actually among the sh shyest and most insecure people when they get behind closed doors. They're just putting up an illusion. That's why it's called show business. They're putting on a show. And it's kind of normal people have got a bit like that, putting on a show on the social media platforms. Compare yourself to yesterday's version of yourself. Just strive to be the best possible you. Only have competition with yourself only. The grass is not greener. Your grass can be as green or greener as any you see around it. If you plant positive seeds into your mind and tell yourself you are good enough, you do deserve this, you are worthy. And all of those things are achieved by deleting, erasing, or reframing and reprogramming those negative thoughts, feelings, energies, and emotions of the past that we talked about, all of which is achievable through using the stuff that's in shit gnosis. 
And you know what? Before I give you guys the last word, I'm going to show you one more little trick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sweet. Myself, in front of the camera enough, I've just got four cards here, okay? Card number one. The uh, King of Clubs. I'm going to take that one. Card number two. King of Spades. Watch closely, because now, boom, the blacks are out there, and actually the reds have jumped to my <laughs> Magic of tricks, you decide. <laughs> Jonathan, <laughs> awesome, man. Well, thank you so much for uh, for taking your time and talking with us. Uh, I know I really enjoyed it. Thank you. Oh, definitely. Yeah. It's been a pleasure, man. Yeah. Uh, thank you, guys. And obviously, tag me when this goes out, and I will share it. Oh, oh, for, well. sure. for sure, I got you, man. Uh, it, it would probably be a couple weeks, but I got you for sure. Tremendous. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll speak again at some point in the future, guys. Awesome. Yeah, I'd love to I talk to you again. Definitely. <laughs> Tremendous. Maybe the viewers and listeners can actually contact. Obviously, like this where you find it. Make comments, share it so that the dude's podcast gets spread far and wide. But if you've got any particular questions, perhaps leave them as well. And then next time the dudes can uh, collectively um, ask me your questions. And that's a wrap, dudes. Thank you for joining us on this wild and wonderful journey through the Dude to Dude podcast. We hope you've enjoyed the laughter, the insights, and the endless curiosity that fuels our conversations. And remember, the fun doesn't stop here. Stay connected with us on our website and our social media platforms to keep up with the latest updates, behind-the-scenes shenanigans, and upcoming episodes. We're grateful for each and every one of you who tunes in, shares our content, and spreads the dude-to-dude spirit. Your support means the world to us, and we can't wait to continue this adventure together. Until next time, keep being awesome, keep exploring, and keep those open minds wide open, dudes.